When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. The dream is made real. Ricky Howard rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. Welcome back to BTR Boxing Podcast. I am your host, Sean, joined as always by Johnston for a big fight reaction show. And what a show we've got on this episode. We've got the redemption, not for Josh Taylor, but for Tiafimo Lopez. Tiafimo Lopez absolutely outclassed Josh Taylor in their outing this past weekend. Something that we both predicted completely incorrectly. But we did say, to be fair to us both, Johnston, we did say... We wouldn't be surprised if it happened, if Teal did win. But if I'm being honest, I wasn't expecting it to be so decisive. Uh, again, the judges had a little bit of a side note to play in this because I think two of them made it really competitive when I don't think it was as competitive. And one judge had it, so I think it was 117-111. And that particular judge was the one I kind of sided with and thought, you know, Tiafima Lopez is just, he's rolled back the years. Even though he's still young, he's rolled back the years to his sort of pre-Lomachenko days and the Lomachenko fight, which got him the superstardom. He, he really did a number on Josh Taylor in that fight. And for Josh, it's like massively back to the drawing board now, isn't it, after that defeat? But you've got to give your props to T.O. here. He's he's come back from all of this adversity and I still think there's adversity going on outside of the ring. And with that being said, he still managed to put on a performance like he did and, and beat an undefeated fighter who we thought were going to take that victory. Yeah, I mean, look, it's time for us to be a bit of humble pie, I suppose, isn't it, for this episode? Um, but look, as many others, loads of others went overwhelmingly pick Taylor for this fight. I think I only ever see one person um, this the whole weekend prior to the fight that picked Lopez no one else for me Every, everyone even though it was considered to be a close fight everyone went for Taylor and we did too um, and you know we didn't completely write Lopez off as you said 
And but we didn't expect a performance like that from him either. Nor did we expect Taylor to be so predictable as he was. But what Lopez did was he silenced his critics. He was too sharp, too quick, too crafty, and he often countered Taylor with them short, powerful right hands on a regular basis, didn't he? Really, and Taylor really should have seen him come in, and he didn't. On numerous occasions, he just didn't look like the Taylor we've seen previously before Catrell, obviously. Especially in those middle rounds. He sort of sleepwalked his way through the fight at times for me. Yeah, walked into shots that he should have seen coming. and Walked in straight lines and made an excellent Lopez look even better. Um, you know, there's been some criticism of Taylor over the last couple of days, which I've found unfair. Words being used to be associated with that great Scottish fighter. Because he is a great Scot and a great fighter for Britain and Scotland. And sometimes I do believe he, when he said uh, he doesn't get the accolades he deserves. I think he's right. But people to be calling him old and over the hill and washed up just ain't justified for me. Um, so, yeah, all in all, look, it was a, it was an interesting, it was an interesting fight. It was, a, it was, it, I thought it'd be closer than it was. And Lopez was a lot better, wasn't he? There's it, just, it, it's a fight that we should have all got excited about. And it was close and evenly matched. You know, we personally went 60-40, I, I, we felt, for Taylor. Um, and we also become psychiatrists as well, didn't we? Uh, we read a lot and witnessed a lot with Lopez sort of openly speaking about his mental health. And we took it as a negative going into the fight. When in actual fact, we probably should have seen it more as a positive because you know, we do our career profiles. And um, the one thing we always say with all those fighters when we do our career profiles and the other fire is that ability to be able to empty their mind from, from the outside thoughts and when you go into the ring to produce your classic performances in the ring. And that's what boxing's all about. And, um, and, and it bo- boxing's about turning a negative into a positive. And that's what T.O. done. So you've got to give him his accolades for that. Um, I think we probably missed that for this fight. I think it's very well said and very well put, to be honest with you, the way you've explained the fight and, and T.O.'s performance. And obviously Josh was a little like Luster in that fight. I wouldn't go as far as saying he's washed up and over the hill. I would say that he didn't have the right plan for this fight he didn't or he didn't execute the right plan for this fight and you know what he was doing in the ring he, he seemed a step slower than Tio and, and that was a problem and again we talk about weight and whether weight is an issue for him yeah. in the catch fight it seemed like a bit of an issue for him I think it's definitely evident that he needs to move up a weight uh, but I'm not suggesting weight is the only problem. I just think he looked a step slower than Tio in in the fight. And I think there was one moment where Josh tried to land a combination that he was so successful at landing previously that got him to the to the undisputed title in the first place. And he completely missed it in the sense that Tio was so quick to move out of position from that counter shot that Josh Taylor was throwing. You could kind of see that the fight was won right there and then for Tio because as soon as he completely missed the shot, the counter shots, the left and then the right, and Tio ducked under it all and moved away. And I was like, this, this is where the fight for me is going to turn on its head. And it did. It did turn on its head. And I think you could see the dismay really. And in, in, I mean, I'm not a body language expert, but I could you could sort of see within Taylor when he weren't able to sort of land the things that had been so successful for him before you could just sort of tell that he was getting frustrated and you could tell that what have I got to do? What have I got to do to get to this guy? What have I got to do to land to this guy? And and over time, over the course of the rounds, he just started to fade away and obviously T.O. got stronger as the rounds went on and he just became more confident and it was a great performance, an excellent performance from him. 
Um, I'm just surprised that he's kind of come out and talked about retiring at the top. He made a statement, didn't he, about retiring at the top and boxing's a hard game and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just thinking, ah, surely this is just kind of, you know, his initial emotional reaction to to, to the redemption arc that he's on at the moment. I can't see that being a, a permanent fixture for him. I can see him having a good rest and, and gathering everything together outside of the ring, but you couldn't retire at this point of time. He's just he's just dethroned the champion who was formerly the undisputed champion of the division. So why would you then decide to retire? I mean, the, the logical fight for him now seems to be the Regis Progray fight, who, who fights this coming weekend and defends his WBC title. So logically, you'd want to see him fight Progray, wouldn't you? That, that would be a great fight between the two of them, should Progray come through his fight. And then for Taylor, you just want to see him move up now. You think, right, Look, he won the undisputed title at this weight. He couldn't do anything more, really. Yeah, he could have defended it, of course, but politics and everything else played a part in in, in that not being able to happen. But he won the undisputed title. He earned his he earned his way to victory, and he's just got to a point maybe where he's become stale within this division and become stale within what he's doing. Remember, he changed trainer as well, and he went to Joe McNally. So. Has that made a difference in this at all? There's, there's a few variables there with, with Josh. I think weight has to be a change. I think he does need to go to 147 now. And at this stage of his career, that's what he needs to be thinking about, trying to capture a, a belt in another weight. Because that's what I'd be wanting to do if I was him now. Does he want to go for redemption? I don't know. I think he'll move up. What do you think he's he should do? And what do you think he will do? I think my concern with Taylor is that he looked like he got hurt a few times in there against a guy like Lopez, who's a big puncher. Well, he's not a massive puncher, but he's a big enough puncher in the lightweight division. But in the super lightweight, you wouldn't expect him to have that power and to have rocked Taylor as easy as he did. And maybe you're right, maybe it is because of the weight issue, maybe because he's a bit weight drained, although it looked like he was in really good condition. So moving up to 147 for me, I think that might be a little bit too early. I mean, saying that, sometimes you wait, you just, it just forces you to do it. But if he does go in the 147 division, if he's getting hurt by Lopez, you know, you can't help but wonder with some of them guys, they've, they've got real power. Some of them are almost middleweights. And I know Josh can fill out, you know, if that's more of his natural size. But I do worry he might he might get himself hurt in that division at this moment in time, minus the opinion. So I, I would say, look, have a bit of time off and try and come back before Christmas and get that Catterall fight and try and win that because that's what a lot of people are going to say. Still, he lost that fight. Effectively, many of us will say that he's lost two rather than the one. But that's just my opinion. I can see why he would want to move up, but he'd have to bide his time and try and fight some guys not, not right at the top, which is, I don't think Taylor's that sort of guy. I think he just wants to go and fight the the best and I think he might maybe become a cropper but you know going back to Lopez though I mean you've you've had both sort of hit it at retirement you had Lopez saying it and you've had Taylor sort of mentioned it because he doesn't get the credibility that he's deserved I think Taylor will be back I do feel that he will and I think Lopez will I mean he's talking about uh the, the nine figure sum he's worth nine figures I mean he's, he's not worth a hundred million dollars uh T.O. Um, again, you know, we speak about the mentality of a fighter. He doesn't help himself when he comes out and says stupid things like that because he's not going to get nine figures. He ain't going to get 100 million. He's an absolute dreamer to think that. So, yeah, it's, it's weird. I mean, just it just makes me laugh how fickle boxing is. You know, we didn't write Lopez off completely. A lot of people did. Even that was a close fight, you know, and this mentally unstable thing. You know, he leaves the ring after 36 minutes and people call him a, a master technician. You know, that's another description from another boxing diehard fan. 
and then savagely disvalue Taylor for his underperformance. Look, you know, it just, it does, it annoys me. Boxing fans are very fickle sometimes. It makes me blood ball, but I can't get, I'm not going to go to, I'm not even going to go down that road, Sean. It was a good fight. Lopez deserved it. He, he comes and says some stupid things. He ain't a nine-figure fight. Maybe when a WBO decide they're going to strip him because he's been inactive, he might decide to come back. I hope he does because I would like to see him fight pro grade too, Sean. I think that's the fight. Whoever wins that at this moment in time for me cements themselves as the top man in this division. I think I still feel that pro grade can beat Lopez, honestly. And I think Taylor Catterall, or unless he decides to move up to 147, I think he needs to... Yeah, I'm not saying like a an easy fight, but someone that he knows he can beat if he does do, decide to do that. Yeah, he needs a confidence building fight, doesn't he? Before he maybe t- maybe test the waters at one four seven. If he is going to go to one four seven, you're testing the waters against maybe a top twenty guy at one four seven. Because you know if you're moving up and you've beaten the best at the weight you've been at, which he has done, albeit now he's obviously lost to to, to Tiafimo. You know, you're going to test the waters, really, with a top 15, top 20 guy in the 147 division to see how you get on at the weight and whether you can be successful at it. And and they'll know from there whether he can or he can't before he then sort of headhunts the, the top guys in the division. And obviously, with Spence and Crawford now signed to fight each other on 29th of July, outside of that, you're now sort of looking at more of the Virgil Ortiz's of the world. You, you may be talking about... Someone like Michael McKinson getting a chance against Josh Taylor, you know, someone who's who's fought at the top level. He's fought at the top level, he's come up short, he's looking for another opportunity. Josh is looking to move up. He fights a domestic opponent who's fought at world level. Makes sense to test the waters against somebody like that. Do you know? So I, w- I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if if that's kind of the route that they go down. Um T.O. coming back, I think he I think it's just emotional reaction after going through maybe what could have been a really difficult camp and, 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 and really a really difficult few weeks for him. We just really don't know from behind closed doors how, how hard this was for him to get himself into such good shape that he was able to beat Josh in the way he did. So, you know, hopefully it'll be just a knee-jerk reaction. He'll come back and we'll, we'll see a big fight with him again by the end of the year and we'll see where he can go. But ultimately, it was, for some people, quite a big shock for this for this weekend, for, for Taylor to lose and, and kind of lose so emphatically. I mean, obviously, he didn't get knocked out, but to me, he was just outclassed in this fight. Like like I said earlier, two judges had it 115-113. I didn't think it was that. I didn't, shocking. I didn't, no, think, it, shocking. I, I didn't think it was that competitive. No, sure. And again, I mean, that's the other thing about this fight. I mean, what on earth? How's that a 115-113? It literally, from round five onwards, I had Lopez running away with it and... And it was just, can Taylor stop him now? That was how I see it, personally. I'm I'm way with the one, one, 111, 117. That's, that's, I agree with you. I think, I mean, that's a bit shocking, isn't it? I mean, to have had it that close. Is, he, it's difficult to give Taylor four rounds, let's be honest. Uh, I suppose it is, but they all had the same winner, didn't they? So I suppose you've got to look no. at it like that and say, right, well, at least they had the same winner. They might have put it as competitive, and uh, 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 more competitive than what we thought it was personally, but... You know, it's not like they'd gone for the other way. If they'd gone for the other way, then that would just be a complete travesty. Um, with, with, you know, like a split decision to Tio, but at least they made the right decision and got the right winner. They, they just they just had Josh more competitive in some rounds than others. But yeah, it is what it is. Now Tio's won. He's got that title. He moves on in his career. He do, I don't think he'll retire. Josh should move on. He should move up. And I think he should test the waters at 147. And I think that's kind of how this should play out for, for those guys now. But 
it wasn't the only fight of the weekend. We did want to cover a couple of other fights that happened over the weekend, of course. And we've got to go back to Wembley Arena and talk about Sonny Edwards again just being dominant in his performance and getting another victory, defending his title once again. And as I've said before, this fight against Andres Campos, when when is he going to get this big fight? When is he going to get the Martinez fight? When is he going to get the Bam Rodriguez fight? These are what I want to see now from Sonny Edwards. Like I know it's not him personally not wanting the fights because he's very vocal about wanting these types of fights. But let's be honest, like he needs it now. I think he needs it. He's been very active. He's, he's had two fights in 2021, two fights in 2022. This is his first fight of 23. Hopefully by the end of the year, he gets the Bam Rodriguez or the Martinez fight. And then then really if he was to if he was to win either of those fights for me why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them with royal caribbean you don't just go to the beach you visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in north america you don't just go for a road trip you atv and zip line through the jungle you don't just go somewhere new you rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. He'd been, he'd been with an argument as probably being the best boxer in the country. You know, there's definitely an arg- there's definitely an argument for him. People might go, ah, what you're on about? Tyson Fury's the best boxer in this country. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say... But Tyson Fury's fighting once a year. He doesn't know who he wants to fight. He doesn't know which way he's up. He's over in Thailand going to Thai shows at the moment, looking like he's on some sort of narcotics while he's over there. And, you know, he's continuing to say what he's saying at the moment. I think someone like Sonny, who's who's just continuing to beat everybody that's put in front of him, to get a big fight and a big win, for someone who's very active, you'd have to sort of put him right up there as one of the best in the country at the moment. Yeah, you would, and and the flyweight division does doesn't really get as respected because of the size of the fighters, and people don't tend to bother even heading down to flyweight. Some people beyond welterweight, it's not even worth it, believe it or not. Even lightweight, is, some people are like this, you know, unless they're the big big fights. And look, it's another easy night for Sonny, wasn't it? It was, and he, he makes it so easy for himself. It's almost a foregone conclusion every time he enters the ring, he will outbox, outthink all opposition. And again, you know, he showed those glimpses of his class the other night against Campos. It was, it was, it was a polished performance. And then he had these moments where he sort of backed against the ropes and he allowed Campos to come and hit him, which, which he turned around and said he, he gave the travelling fans some rants. That was, it almost gets bored in there. His footwork, his combos, his reflex. Uh, you're right. 
there's no one better than him at that. He's probably the best British fighter we have right now. And yeah, people can turn around and say Tyson Fury. No, not for me. That Sonny's a naturally gifted fighter. And yeah, I, I would say there's a strong case that he's the best in this country. Is he good enough for Bam Bam Rodriguez? That's another question. He's called out Rodriguez and Rod Rodriguez immediately hit social media and came back and said he wants it. Let's go. So Eddie Ernst is going to take a couple of weeks to get it done. Fantastic. That's what we want. We want to see these big, big fights. And Bam Bam Rodriguez against Sonny Edwards is a big fight. And who do I pick right now? I would probably say Rodriguez just because I prefer his style. I enjoy watching them both. But Rodriguez just entertains me more. He excites me more. And that's not a justifiable reason to want to pick Rodriguez, but that's just me at this moment in time. You know, maybe when this fight is made, I'm really hoping it is made, then we can um, start breaking it down. I've got nothing but admiration for Sonny, the most artistic boxer in the UK. Absolutely. I agree. And I'm pretty sure a lot of other people will agree as well. He got a good victory. I, I was I was happy. Mad not to, though. Yeah, it was. I mean, you'd be mad not to. So you'd, it's there. Go and see the footage. Go and have a look at Sonny Edwards. He's a tr tremendous fighter. Yeah, he is. Well, on that same card, we had Ellis Scottney getting the IBF World Super Bantamweight Championship, beating Shaneka Johnson over 10 rounds, finally getting a world title in her seventh professional fight. Nina Hughes defending her WBA Bantamweight title against Katie Healy. And then Shavon Clark stopping David Jameson in five rounds. And then that was the one I wanted to watch in particular on that card. I wanted to see how Siobhan Clark would do against somebody who I'd considered to be, you know, a, a, a legit difficult cruiserweight in the domestic scene that could cause problems for someone like Clark who needed needed a step forward in his career. And he got it and he, and he got a win in emphatic fashion. And this, this is kind of, this is what we want to see out of these guys. Like when you look, think of Fraser Clark, who's fighting Marius Wack this weekend, and that's not an opponent he wanted. He he wants the big fights. He you know he wants the Fabio Wardley fight. He didn't get it. You know Ben Shalom pulled him out of that fight and put him in the Marius Wack fight instead. But Shevon Clark got David Jamison, and I thought that was a really good victory for him. And I think it really sort of propels him up now in the domestic rankings and you think about the cruiserweight division and how competitive it has been as of recent times you've got Chris Bill and Smith obviously recently winning the world title from Lawrence Acoli you've got Isaac Chamberlain Richard Reactpour Jordan Thompson Mikhail Lawal who pulled out of obviously his fight with Isaac Chamberlain a couple of weeks ago Ellis Zorro and then you've got Chevron Clark and you've got Luke Watkins Vidal Riley so you know Chevron now he's at a point where I think he's got to start looking at all these names that I've just mentioned because there's nobody else really around him at the moment that I can honestly say would further his career on other than any of them names. Maybe a, a Luke Watkins fight would be interesting for him. Maybe a Vidal Riley fight would be interesting for him. A fellow undefeated fighter. I think there's definitely something to go with there. So, you know, I think they're, they're the sort of names I think he needs to be aiming for. It depends on sort of where his promotional team want to take him, whether they want to start looking at European opposition for him and sort of move him in... in in a rankings direction that way, but I was happy to see him get the win. I think it was good. It was a good performance from him, and he's he's now finally shown me as a fan that you know everything that they've said he is. He, he's on his way to getting there. He is, and, and I like it. I like his style. The way you know, he reminds me a little bit. He, I'm not comparing him, but he reminds me a little bit of Joe Frazier, how he used to fight. And he's not. He, I'll just. He, he's a guy that I'm, we enjoy watching in the Olympics, um, and I sort of feel that his style is suited more. 
than most of the other Olympians at that time, sort of watching the fighters. I always felt that his style was probably going to be better going into the pro game. And he's showing that quite quickly. I mean, six fights in, he's won six fights. So he's on a quick rise. He wants to get the big fights in early. And I think that's not a bad shot. Like a video Riley, he's a good one, actually. I think he's got a fight coming up soon, I believe. Uh, but yeah, just going back to just just to mention again, yeah, Slick Scotney, great performance from her, and Hughes as well, great performance from both girls, and yeah, and and Edwards, it was a, a, a an impressive performance from all three of those really, Scotney, Edwards, and Hughes for me. Uh, but yeah, and as you say, Clark is one that it needs to get on there quickly. I mean, it, it's crazy to say he's not even ten fights in, but we're already sticking him in the ring with some of the best because we feel that he probably is almost there. I'd agree with that. I'd agree. I think that's an assessment that I think is is reasonable to say at this point in time. I think when we look at the sort of the other fights from the weekend that are notable that we covered in the yeah. preview last week, we was looking forward to seeing how Jaime Munguia got on against Sergei Derivinchenko. What did you make of that performance? He got he got the he got, he got the victory. He got the victory, but it was a, a difficult fight for him. It wasn't an easy fight for him, and this was. This was the sort of opponent he needed. Yes, we said in the preview that Derivanchenko is he's past his best. It's true. But he certainly gave Munguia a, a perfect fight. He gave him the fight he needed. He gave more credibility to, to his resume. And he didn't just come and, and, and it was a layup for him. He came and he fought. And he fought bloody hard. And it was it was a good fight. What did you make of it? Oh, I really enjoyed the fight. I thought Derivanchenko was exactly what you expect of him even at his age i still felt that it was going to be a problem we said it we said it's probably going to be his hard munguia's hardest fight so far in his 40 fight career and um and he proved to be he was trouble for, for munguia and i mean there's an argument that he lost the fight i felt it was really close and then when he put him down in the 12th i think that might have just edged him it just but there were many moments within that fight where davianchenko had him in in a spot above her and done enough to win those rounds. So I think it was up for debate. It's controversial, really, the way he won it unanimously. I think it was unfair in Davianchenko that he didn't get at least one of the judges' scorecards. But, you know, that's the way it is. But I think that 12th round probably, well, it did. I mean, you could, it's quite reflective in a couple of the scorecards. If that knockdown hadn't happened, then two of the judges probably would have gone with him. So there you go. I mean, uh, he almost lost. And we did. you said that, Sean. You said it's a potential banana skin, mate. You said it. It could be Davianchenko, but it wasn't, um, unfortunately for him. But, yeah, Magui, I mean, he's coming out calling out Canelo now. Uh, on that performance, I think he'd be crazy. So, that fight was an enjoyable fight of the weekend. But I've had to leave a, a good few minutes of the, the show to talk about something that I genuinely, genuinely didn't think I'd be talking about on this show on this episode and that is the Floyd Mayweather exhibition tour that he's on at the moment and this was against John Gotti the third uh, the, the grandson of John Gotti of the Gambino crime family obviously that's kind of all but finished that whole Gambino and the five crime families but he's got that reputation he's got that name and what he brought with him was some boxing skills Mayweather had a very easy night there and the fight got stopped John Gotti III didn't agree with that stoppage, tried to punch the referee, then tries to go for Mayweather even after the fight stopped. Mayweather, even when there's a, a full-scale riot starting to happen inside of the ring, 
he's still throwing counter punches at Gotti. And I thought, oh, that's hilarious. I was just, it just erupted into a full scale riot inside of the ring. And I just focused on what Gotti was trying to do. And I seen him trying to go for Bayweather. And I just see Mayweather's throwing these counters on the back foot. And I was just like, bloody hell, he's still got it. You know, I, I hate to say it, but he's, this guy's still got it. He could still mix it with some of the top welterweights today, man. He really could. And, and, and you know, I've, I've been critical of him over the years. And the pair of us have, you know, for various reasons. Not because we think he's got a lack of boxing ability or he's overhyped. But I think we, we have our own feelings about his his legacy and his, his resume and, and certain points of his career but you can't argue with with the man being so skillful still at the, the, the age that he's at and he's just a whole charade of, of a full-scale riot and it wasn't just in the ring as well I opened up Twitter the next morning to find various videos of people fighting in the back there was a reality star that basically sort of started stomping on a, a, a female rapper two females going at it and at one point the female rapper's uh wig that she'd had on was actually hanging off her head and i was just like oh my god what the hell am i watching here like it's nothing that was nothing to do with the fight this was just a full-scale riot that had, that had started from inside of the ring and for whatever reason whatever was said whatever was done to cause all these little mini riots it was absolutely crazy to see. And I think it was probably the most entertaining Floyd Mayweather exhibition that he's put on so far. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was, was it a two minute, eight, eight, two minute rounds was, was what it was supposed to be. And uh, yeah, God, he was, I mean, he was just getting out, just getting out classed. And I, I mean, I haven't watched the whole fight, but I have read that um, during the fight, they were just slagging each other off and, going at each other verbally rather than physically because obviously this got in the third he couldn't get nowhere near him and then Kenny Bayliss is just he got the ump of all the holding and the, just the constant trash talking that he stopped it in the sixth round I mean what the hell he cracks me up just I've had enough no I've done he just went I'm done with this shit after six rounds and obviously that's when uh got in the third as you say went to try and attack maybe but even then he went back against the rope he's just missing and landing with counters I mean it uh, for for a split second, it was nice to see Mayweather being put under a bit of pressure and still coming out with the goods. But yeah, the melee in the ring, it was just, I mean, it wasn't like a full of, I couldn't really see any punch. I could see punches being thrown. No one ever landed anything. A lot of holding and grabbing. But it was definitely the backstage show that was the more entertaining. I see a little bit of scuffing and that, nothing too serious. And then you pointed me in the direction of this rappers, these two girls, rapper girls having a fight and the woman's wig getting ripped off her head and her tits falling out and just <laughs> falling all over the floor. Um, chaos, mate. Absolute chaos. Um, I don't know what to say, really, uh, apart from probably the backstage antics was probably more eventful than what happened in the ring. But And, and the end when Kenny Bayless called it off. But what can you say? Mayweather even said himself, you know, that's why they paid me the big bucks, because I put on a show. <laughs> well, he did, I suppose, didn't he, after this? Yeah, well, he might have not have been directly him putting on the show, but he certainly, <laughs> he was certainly, yeah, he, he brought the he brought the, he brought brought the the show with him, definitely. He was, uh, it was hilarious. I genuinely didn't think I'd be talking about this subject on the podcast this week. I just thought, oh, it's another exhibition, it's Floyd Mayweather, blah, blah, blah. It'll just be, it is what it is. I honestly didn't think I'd be opening up Twitter on, on Sunday morning, but, you know, a Monday morning, in fact, it was when I seen it, 
and, and thinking, oh my God, what the bloody hell am I looking at here? This is absolutely, this is absolutely horrendous. Like, it's funny, but it's horrendous, like, to see this sort of stuff kind of going on. It is shameful, yeah. It's funny, but it's shameful. But it's just like, it just doesn't, doesn't, it's, it just reminds me of the whole, like, you know, like the misfits boxing and, and all this sort of celebrity stuff that, that's going on at the moment that we just have no interest in. And it just reminds me of like that sort of stuff is what's what's bringing that negative side of things uh, to the sport. But on a, on a on a different note, on a positive note, I was reading yesterday that apparently the rematch between Joe Joyce and Chile Chang is actually happening September the second. Uh, apparently, that's that's been signed. So again, I don't know how true this is. This is just the rumor mill, of course, as always, with different media outlets reporting on on different things, like they do on a daily basis, saying that you know it's all signed and delivered for the second of September. Uh, and I just wanted to have a side note on that, really, just to say he's got some bloody big bollocks jumping straight back in with with Zang, hasn't he? You know, given given the systematic systematic breakdown that Zang given to him. Oh, massive. I mean, he doesn't need to take the immediate rematch. He could have a, another fight after that. But, I mean, you can't help it. He, that's what he does, doesn't he, Joyce? He's a, he's a throwback fighter. He, he will throw himself in the deep end and hope he can swim. Last time he couldn't. Hopefully he can. Hopefully he don't. Or last time he sunk. Hopefully he can swim this time. But, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a good fight. You know it is. And uh, he just needs to make sure he uses his head movement a little bit. Maybe he needs to work on that. Because if he keeps getting smashed in the face, uh, like the way he did, and his eyes going to gold mangled again the fight's going to get stopped hopefully you know I mean, to be fair we even said that didn't we Sean although he was getting yeah. bashed up there was a moment where the tide started to swing and if the injury in the eye hadn't uh, developed he probably could have got on to either produce a stoppage or end up getting something on points with the way some of the, the judges do score these fights but you never know I think he's got bollocks Sean he absolutely has I think the other one I see I'm not like nothing's been signed but I know Haney and uh, Stevenson have been at it a little bit so mm. I hope that gets made by the sounds of things. That would be another great fight. I mean, we've got Anoue and Fulton Jr. We've got Crawford and Spence. It's looking good. Hopefully, it can it can continue and we keep seeing these big fights. Hopefully, Bam Bam Rodriguez and Sonny Edwards as well gets made, like, like Eddie's saying, within two weeks. But with it being a flyweight division, I'm hoping that it's not like the, the shambles of the overweights. No, we'll see. Oh, just a quick note as well for the Friday night fights that we were covering in the preview as well. David Adelaide picked up a fifth-round victory, and Matt Chamberlain picked up a first-round victory on that Friday night York Hall show as well. Henry Turner, six-round victory over Tom Farrell, which I thought was a uh, a significant win for him uh, at this point of his career. And then you had the two failed brothers who both got victories on there. Royston Barney-Smith, Joshua Frank and Tommy Fletcher. You know, they're all being marinated by good old Frank, you know, working his way up with these guys. Then in Liverpool, Marcel Braithwaite captured the vacant Commonwealth super flyweight title against Ryan Farag as well. And Connor Butler also got a 12-round decision for the vacant EBU European flyweight title and Commonwealth Boxing Council flyweight title. So they were the fights that we were talking about over the weekend and there's one more one more that we didn't mention at any point in this show so far and we can't not mention it of course that is the return of a mr adrian brona getting a unanimous decision over 10 rounds and the reason i bring this to the attention of you guys listening as i don't know if any of you's watched this whatsoever or watched anything to do with this fight i didn't watch the fight i'm going to be honest with everybody listening i didn't watch the fight i just saw he won but what I saw <laughs> in the aftermath of it was um, in, in in an Adrian Broner style voice. Uh, I'm not even going to try and attempt it, but it was he, he basically said something along the lines: "Is all I want now is some pussy." 
and I was just like, really, really, Broner? This is this is your return to the ring, and all you're going to tell the interviewer is you want some pussy. Oh, this is just Broner all over. He's just another car crash waiting to happen again and again and again. So yeah, he, he was there. Uh, yeah. Too much pussy. That's why he's been out of the ring. He needs to lay off the pussy. <laughs> get back in the ring. That's what he needs to do. I heard it was lackluster. I didn't see it. I heard it was lackluster and the shambolic performance, really. But he come through against an average guy. And um, Rigo, Rigo, Rigo got a knockout, didn't he, as he well? He did, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. seen that. Good, good for him. Yeah, I mean, against nobody. This is, to be honest. But, you know, yeah, no, it's, again, I mean, it turned out that these... Uh, <laughs> The, the Broners and the Mayweathers in this world, we did not think we would get air, give any airtime, apart from the, what we mentioned, the results. We've probably got more airtime than we thought. Not necessarily for the shit that happened in the ring. It's the stuff that happened outside the ring. No. And um, I, I want to know one other thing that I've just noticed, and I don't know how true this is, but Canelo Alvarez, uh, Badu Jack, yes. 90% agreed for Saudi Arabia as well. I've read that. Yeah, I've read that. I've read the same thing as well. Like, yeah. We didn't, we didn't we say this a couple of weeks ago? I feel like we've had this conversation uh, in the aftermath in the aftermath of Canelo getting the win uh, a few weeks ago. I'm pretty sure we did say there is the possibility of him fighting up at Cruiserweight. And they were talking about uh, Maccabi, weren't they, last time? Now they're talking about Jack. And I'm sure we did mention if you wanted to go back up to, you know, to a bigger division, if there's a possibility for him to go to Cruiserway, the, the likely target would be Badu Jack because he was naturally, at one point, super middleweight and light heavyweight. So he'd naturally be the guy in, in, in stature that you could go up against and potentially win a, a WBC title against. So that is definitely not out of the realms of possibility. And I would not be surprised in the slightest at all. In fact, I've got a feeling that might be his next fight. I know they're saying it's 90% done. But this this is probably going to be his next fight. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Saudi Arabia as well. Saudi Arabia, you know what they're doing with the golf and everything else, and the Saudi money's well, it's it talks. a lot of people. It does. It talks very loudly, doesn't it? I mean, it's it's crazy, and you know, it just it, you do worry about all sports integrity, to be honest, with, with the Saudi money. But uh, that's for another show. It's definitely for another show. Well, another show that we have on the horizon is the return of our Career Profiles podcast. We've released Muhammad Ali Parts 1 and 2 over the past couple of weeks as a reboot to our format. And that was one of the episodes we really wanted to redo again from the beginning because we felt we could do more justice to it than what we did when we first brainchild the idea of doing a biographical podcast. So if you haven't heard Muhammad Ali's story from us and the way we tell our stories, please do go and listen to Parts 1 and 2. However, the actual main series will be starting on the 26th of june episode one will be dropping on monday the 26th of june for patrons you will be getting the first few episodes a little bit earlier as we always do with our series-based content so if you've been subscribing to us through patreon and listening that way you will be getting the first few episodes of the series on the same day so good luck listening to the episodes i really hope you enjoy it and what i'm gonna say is if you're not a patron and you haven't checked out what we do on Patreon, please go and have a look because Patreon is a membership service which allows us to be able to get the financial support from listeners like yourself to allow us to produce more high quality shows. It allows us to be able to get people in to do the artwork for the shows, to do the promotional videos, to do the social media promotional stuff as well for us. And that really helps us and gives us more time 
to be able to then actually sit and do research for the show and editing of the shows. So if you're not a patron and you want to support us in a different way, you can do so from as little as £1.50 a month. Or I think it's around about $2 in the US. If you go on patreon.com forward slash BTR Boxing Podcast, you'll see the membership tiers we have. You see what we offer with them. You get access early to the series-based content. You will also get patron-only content. And you've got a Boxing Through the Decades series that we're running on there at the moment. We've done about seven or eight episodes on that, and there's still quite a few left to go. But we've also got the additional one-off episodes that we've done for patrons as well. So there's there's probably about another 20 to 30 episodes that have been unreleased that you guys haven't heard yet. So if you want to check that out, please go and check us out on there. Any support, as always, is appreciated. But if you're not in a position to do that then we understand. But please just make sure you like and you share all the social media posts we put out there. That is a good alternative for us to get the word of mouth out on social media about what we do, about some of the episodes that we put out there, about some of the things we talk about, about some of the great shows that we do. And we love getting great comments from you all. But please make sure you click the like and the share buttons on the respective apps because it really, really does help us. If you want to follow us on social media, you can do so at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter or find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and TikTok, BTR Boxing Podcast. If you haven't heard any of the other shows that we do, Career Profiles, as I've mentioned, The Darker Side of Boxing and Legendary Nights, please go and check them out. If this is the first time you're actually listening to one of our shows or if it's a long time listen but you've not actually realized that we do all these other shows please just go and check them out you really won't be disappointed well johnson it's been a pleasure as always there uh, as always as always uh but this week guys there's no big fight previews regis progress fighting this coming weekend uh we've got fraser clark marius whack as i mentioned earlier but we're not going to do an actual big fight preview this weekend uh we're going to save ourselves and continue to work on our career profiles podcast for when that's launched on the 26th of june so I bid you adieu and thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Big Fight Reaction. The dream is made real. Ricky Hunt the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. Mamma mia. He's done it. Anthony Joshua defeats Vladimir Klitschko. Uh. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.